0: From Affirm Films, the studio that brought you miracles from heaven, comes 5,000 Blankets. A woman and her young son, Philip, set out to find his missing father on the streets, sparking a movement that inspires a city. There are over 5,000 homeless souls in this city alone. So it is Philip's wish to reach each and every one of them with a comforting gesture. Inspired by a true story. 5,000 Blankets. In theaters for two nights only, December 12th and 13th. Rated PG 13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. More information is available at 5,000BlanketsMovie.com to The Real Kathy Lee on the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. Thanks for joining me as I share my mom fashions. It's basically my imperfect journey of motherhood. Be prepared to laugh, maybe cry, but hopefully you're going to be encouraged as I share my failures, successes, and offer some tips I've learned along the way. And remember, you got this. Hey, good morning. I am so glad that you checked in with me today for this Podcast right before christmas i'm looking outside It's dreary here out in my house and winter is hard for me, right? Winter is um dark and gloomy here in Georgia, and I sometimes feel as if the sun won't shine again and definitely won't be warm. i'm a summer girl through and through. I love the warm sunshine I love. The vitamin D, I love just the brightness of it. Everything about the warm and the sun combined is great. So uh, next week, I'm super fortunate. My husband is going to whisk me away down to Tampa, Florida for just 24 hours, but enough for me to go see the beach, sit on the beach, spend some time with friends, have some sunshine in my life because after Christmas, there's so much running around and I will say but I am done. Thank goodness! I'm finished up everything, wrapped, done yesterday, and boxes are stuffed. Do you know about my boxes? If you've not listened to this podcast recently since last year, maybe you don't know about the tradition that my family does, and so I'll share that briefly, and then we're gonna talk about the subject today. So, my family has a tradition with shoe boxes that started long before us. When my dad was young, he's one of eleven. Children. And so when he was young, his mom would save shoe boxes all year and she would also save wrapping paper that they had from the Christmas before or throughout the year. And she would wrap every child, all loving kids, a shoebox And she would fill them full of different items. She would put nuts in there. She'd put fruit. She'd put a few pieces of candy. And then she might put something they need and then a toy. And that was their entire Christmas was presented to them in the shoebox fashion. And so when we were little, my siblings, I'm one of four, my parents continued the tradition. They did it a little bit differently. We still got gifts because my parents weren't struggling as much financial as my grandparents were, but instead of stockings, they took these shoe boxes and they would wrap them in paper and they would fill nuts and fruit and fun little trinkets, you know, much like you would do for stocking. And so every year, to be honest, I could tell you more what I got in my boxes than the presents that I received. I would get so excited to go tackle those boxes and see what's in it. So I'm excited that my siblings and I continue that tradition. We all do it for our kids and I know that my kids are just as excited. They're they're like me. They're like, I cannot wait to see what you put in the boxes. And so every year I, I do some of the same basic things. Like they always know they're going to get Slim Jims because my dad always puts Slim Jims in there. They always know we're going to get chocolate oranges because they love that and that's one of their favorite things. I always put some chips and I put candy and I put nuts and I put fruit and then I try and find gift cards or fun things that represent them throughout the year. So this year some really fun things and I make one for my husband too. And I have so much fun with the boxes. So anyway, that's all done. I am so excited that that's all done because I get to enjoy the weekend. I get to enjoy my nephew and his kids are coming into town. We're driving to Birmingham to see my family. We are going to church and having that time together. And then we are having a big dinner on Christmas Eve and it's just going to be fabulous. But So I was thinking about all the different things I could talk about today for Christmas. I I could talk about, you know, when we don't get what we want, how do we behave when we um, lose it at Christmas, which we do, we're overwhelmed and we're exhausted. But I actually thought about a question I get all the time at the Homegrown Preschooler, and I thought, you might want to know this too, and my thoughts on this, but I often get asked how we teach spirituality to young children. And... In our curriculum, A Year of Playing Skillfully, we do have like a verse of the month and we do approach holidays from a Christian perspective, but we don't teach a lot about the Bible. But what you will see us teach is character traits. And that is intentional because if you know the brain, and we talk about the brain all the time, that it has to be in the hand before it can be the brain and it needs to be concrete. And so when you think about, well, how do you make someone like Jesus abstract? And the reason I guess I was thinking about it, I was thinking about Santa Claus and everyone's viewpoint of Santa. And, you know, some people think, you know, you go to hell if you let your kids believe in Santa and other things you'll, you'll ruin them for life because it realize you lied to them. And whatever your viewpoint is, it's your viewpoint. I'm not going to, you know, knock you for that. Again, we that's why we get to have our own kids and our own viewpoints and do it however we want. So do you. But when it comes to Christ and Jesus, and how do we how do we teach kids about him from the get-go? And I remember when my kids were really young, they went we went to a church and the program they used talked all about the dark heart and and the darkness of our sin to very young children. And I can't tell you how much that terrified one of my daughters. I mean, she just would look at me and say, I have a black heart. I, I have a black heart. And, and it just kind of bothered me, and I thought, why are we focused on that? So I started, real, you know, thinking through, what is it that I teach my kids, you know, in actuality, about God and trying to point to Him at an early age? And I realized, if you had to summarize it, we teach the fruits of the Spirit at a young age. That is what we focus on. And if you do that, I mean, come on, if we teach our kids the fruits of the Spirit, we are so much further along than so many adults when it comes to living out their faith, right? I mean, so many adults do not understand joy, and they don't have peace, and they are not patient, and they definitely are not kind, and they don't believe, and they're not just good people, and they claim to be Christians. Some of the people that have hurt me the most have been in the name of God and I struggle because while I believe that my inner circle has the right to speak to me about all these things and do say these things, they have the right to, you know, talk about it. It's been Christians who aren't in my life, but feel like they have the right to not be kind to me or good or gentle with me. They don't have self-control, not faithful for sure. So, Now look, do I have all this figured out? Am I perfect at these? No. I always say that, look, remember, if you want to make yourself look better, just ask for a reality show of my life and you'll be like, okay, I'm doing all right. I'm a hot mess and I fail every single day. I fail to have joy. I fail to show peace. I fail to show kindness and I'm impatient. I want it now. I I struggle with all these, but The point of this is how do we teach our kids, how do we get them to grasp God and Jesus and His love and His love for us and how we live out that love to others? And I think if we can teach them very concretely the fruits of the Spirit, we've laid a beautiful foundation for faith, a beautiful foundation that these children will not be so wounded by religion, and they will fall in love with Jesus, so let's just walk through them. I mean, what about joy? What is joy, right? I often hear that happiness is outward, right, and joy is inward. Happiness is this—you know, we get what we want, and we're happy. Woo! Yes, we got to go to Chick Fil A for lunch. I'm so happy. But joy is this. Wow! I recognize that my needs are met. I recognize that um, I am loved. I am seen, I am heard. I've got this true joy. And I think in helping kids understand that and seeing the light in them and encouraging that to be joyous, and to remind them often how grateful. And I think you do this by teaching kids to be grateful, right? We teach them that we are to be grateful, that we have a bed. We are grateful that our house wasn't blown away by a tornado. We are grateful that we have food. We are grateful that we have jobs. We are grateful that we have our health. Now, what happens when you don't have those things? We are grateful that we still are provided for. We are grateful that, I remember we were adopting Joshua, and I was so devastated thinking, God, are you even listening to me? Right? I'm having a hard time being joyous here over this. But I could be grateful that at least he was safe in the orphanage, and at least he was getting meals. Maybe he wasn't getting exactly everything I wanted for him, but he was, he did have shelter. And if you study Heisla- Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know that you know food and shelter are so important on that, and we need to provide the basics, and so he did have that basic, so we can really help our children understand that at an early age. How do we help them understand it? Gosh, I was reading a new Kathy Cook book. Dr. Kathy Cook is coming out with a new book, and I'm not sure I'm allowed to talk about it yet. I reviewed it for her, and I am going to insist that every single person who listens to this podcast reads this new book. I wish I would have written it. Um, It is amazing. She touched on so many things, and she reminded me of the thing that I know, and I say, is it so much of who a child is and what they become is caught more than taught. It is taught, and, and, and it is taught, and she said that too, but I think so much is caught, and what do I mean by that? Are we grateful? Do our kids see it in us? Do they see us being grateful? Do they see us having joy? Or do they see us being the highs of highs when things are going our way and the lows of lows when they don't? And again, pointing fingers back at me, I know I struggle. I am always that person. You can tell how I'm feeling. I wear my emotions all over me. But I really want to be a mom who is full of joy so that... Kids, grandkids can see that in me and know there's a light about me and they are going to catch that and realize that that is because of Christ. That isn't because of me. It's because we have a God who loves us. And I think if we point kids back to that, it's, it, it's going to be beautiful for them. What about peace? Oh, peace is a hard one to teach, right? How do you, how do you teach peace? We talk about how that Jesus does, does give us Peace. In those difficult circumstances. And I know that I have heard so many people say that I've lost a spouse or a child, that somehow there's peace in the midst of it. And I don't understand that myself, but I know there have been tough times that I've struggled and I've had life changing situations. And somehow, in the midst of it, when I sat with my journal and you know, I journaled it out, I could just rest. I could rest in that. I could rest. And have peace about it. So I think, again, saying out loud when you go through these trials, you don't have to tell kids all the details because we don't want them to have anxiousness and worry. We already see our kids having real anxiety so much earlier now. But I think we can, you know, say out loud, yes, daddy lost his job, but we are trusting and we are going to choose to have um to rest in that and we have peace about that. We feel confident that that is going to be taken care of. And we are setting that example for our children when they go, th- go through tough times. I think we we are doing our kids a disservice by not acknowledging the tough times because they've got to develop coping skills and some of the ways they develop coping skills is by watching us cope through those tough times. Patience. Oh, guilty. Anybody guilty? It's so funny. I um can look at these moms that are so impatient with their babies and giggle because I'm past that stage. And yet, you guys, I have a puppy right now that I know I've mentioned her. Sweet little Ivy is killing me. Now, the difference with my puppy and your babies is I'm sending my puppy off to training school for three weeks when I go to New Zealand. And don't you wish sometimes we could send our kids off to... Training school. Ah, I do. But patience. I realize I don't have patience. Like in the first few months when she was not housebroken, and even now she still has accidents now and again. But for the most part, she is finally. But oh my goodness, I thought, when is she going to be housebroken? It made me think of you guys potty training, right? And um, just jumping up and excited and wants to eat everything. This morning, I was going to put a mint in my mouth and she jumped up and ripped the mint out of my hand. I laughed so hard because of course, then the mint was hers and she was trying to figure out what it was afterwards. But patience, it's not my gift. And And so how do we help children learn? Patience simply, just like I'm teaching my puppy. And I'm not, please don't think I'm saying having a puppy is the same as a kid. You know I've had plenty of kids, so I know, but this is just my season. But, you know, I remember when we first got her and she was like my kids who'd been adopted who didn't have enough food. She was just crazy over food. And so I had to teach her to sit. And wait. And not wait very long. We didn't say wait 10 minutes for your food. Wait 30 seconds while we put it in the bowl and have some self-control and some patience. This is how we do it with children as well. We do it slowly. In one minute, we're going to go have snack. In two minutes, I'm going to read you that book. And you stick to it. That's the thing, though. Don't say in one minute and you mean five minutes. If you say in one minute, you mean one minute. Set your timer on your phone and mean one minute. In three minutes you know, we're going to do that. That also goes with um, giving them heads up about we're going to clean up, those kind of things. But it's small steps to lead them to these fruits of the Spirit. Kindness, that is the number one you live out. <laughs> I have heard my kids say things, right, that I know they came from me or from their dad or from other adults around them. Um, I've also seen my kids be so generous and so kind it brings me to tears. And I pray that's from their parents as well. Kindness is one of the hardest, you guys. And there's so much on social media and so much in politics and so much in theology or beliefs or opinions or what people think that they have the right because it is they believe this way or that way. But to me, if it equals unkindness... It's not okay with me. It isn't okay with me. I don't know anyone who came to know Christ because someone was unkind to them. But I know so many people that have run away from Christ because of the unkindness of someone. Please, if you don't teach your kids anything, just be kind. Be kind to the kid at school that no one's being kind. Stand up. I remember as a kid, it even bothered me. I was, you know, a cheerleader and basketball player and you know, in the quote in popular crowd and I hated it, you guys. I hated it. Because you know what my crowd did? They were unkind. So I, I any chance I got to not be in that crowd, I was not in that crowd. I went and sat by those people. I'm not again. This isn't hey look at me because believe me, I've been unkind. I've been you call any of my friends. I've been one of my friends the other day. She goes, you can be really mean, and she meant it. And I was. I was kind of. Um, it was a tough subject we were talking about, and I was strong on it. It was in love, but it didn't feel kind. So I get that. Um, but man, if you see someone in need and you have the ability. I I probably, you know, it's been made, I've been made fun of for that, that I would probably give every penny away if I could. I, I try. I don't try. I'm selfish too. Don't get me wrong. I love nice things, but man, it breaks my heart to see people in need and someone being unkind to them. I grew up with a, I uh, have a special needs aunt. She's um, probably about 18 years older than me and she babysat me when I was a young kid and she still has probably the mental capability of about a I don't know, eight year old and she's precious. I grew up watching people be so unkind to her, so unkind to her. And it broke my heart. And I remember people staring and pointing because she's, you know, fig- physically disfigured. And I thought, why can't you just be kind? Where, And, and, and I know, um, Girl, I know Rachel said this to me probably, I don't know, 15 years ago, and it has stuck stronger than almost anything I've heard. Hurt people hurt people. No excuse. No excuse at all. But it does help you understand why someone chooses unkindness, their own hurt. And I try and help my kids understand that. And from a young age, let's do things to hopefully our kids won't be hurt to keep them. I mean, some of us, we can't keep them from trauma. We know trauma happens, whether they are adopted or whether they're born in our family. There's so many things on trauma. But we can teach kindness as much as we can and goodness. Do the right thing. Be there for other people. Really see others as more important than yourself. And be faithful and loyal. And if you, it's funny, one of my sons, my grown sons, um, said he was going to go somewhere. And I said, Oh, I wish you could do this. And said, He said, One thing you've taught me is if you give your word, you keep it, and you go. And I thought, yeah, yes. And and my kids hate that sometimes. They'll be invited to one party and then get something else or a job or whatever, and they want to cancel on one. And I'm like, no, sir, you be loyal. You be faithful to that commitment. You stick by your word. Be known for that. And gentleness. How do we teach gentleness? This is where I'm big fan of pets, right? Because you really can Teach gentleness through having pets and through when there are babies in the home and we soft touch and we're gentle. And even our words, choose gentle, kind words. A gentle spirit. I'm not known to have a gentle spirit. You know, I'm just kind of all, all on you. Whether it's an animal or whatever, I'm all on it. But try and be gentle. It's so important for these kids. And self-control, again, it is one that... You know, you'll see on self-control, that is such a heart issue. We can try and teach them um, with food, with people, with um, their temper. But so much as that you have to go after the heart because you want their heart to be tender and their heart to be sensitive to the convictions of the Holy Spirit, the convictions of, you know, right and wrong. And you want them to know... Uh, other ways, and so especially when it comes to like anger, I've got one child that's quick to anger, and so we try to talk about, okay, be slow to that, quick to talk, quick to listen, actually, quick to listen. I'm still learning that one, and then talk it out and talk it out and talk it out. But that one is one that is a hard one, um, I think, as they leave your nest. And so the more we can help them on that when they're young. So anyway, for me, this is how you teach about the goodness of God. This is how you teach about what Christ was. This is what he said. This is what was focus of Hmong focus, love and the fruits of the Spirit. And so I pray as you go into this Christmas day that's coming up, think of these fruits of the Spirit. Are you displaying them? Are you leading that way? And then maybe for 2019, maybe you just pick one. And you say, this year we're going to work on this one. Or maybe you pick two. And you do that through their throughout their childhood. And hopefully we'll have adults who are who don't run from the Lord and who know of His goodness because you lived it out and you taught them at a young age. I hope you and your family have a Merry Christmas. We'll be back next week for our final podcast of 2018. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day.